What's going on everybody? Welcome back to episode four of Bottom Sprocket. And today we're gonna to be talking a little bit about electric motorcycles. I know we talked a little bit about them before, but I wanted to dive in and tackle this subject on its own because I've actually been thinking a lot about electric bikes lately. This is a cathartic episode for you. This is a cathartic yeah. episode for me. I have some experiences that I'd like to share uh, because I was actually in the pits at Moto America for Energica's first ever podium in Super Hooligans. That's insane. And how did you not melt? Uh, but were you just because I had I had air conditioner and stuff. It was it was brutal. But yeah, it was an amazing experience being in the pits for their first ever podium. Um, it was it was a pretty wild weekend. And uh, I'd like to talk about that specifically. But I'd also like to talk about mo electric motorcycles generally because there's so much, it's, there's, it's a dichotomy, right? And it, it, there's no gray area here. It's either people are hardcore electric bikes or they're hardcore against electric bikes. And I'd kind of like to sit and figure out how do we bridge that gap? How do we how do we basically make it so that everybody can get along one big happy family and stop giving me mean comments in YouTube? So Leave me alone, people. God damn. You want us to solve world peace. Yeah, I figured no. we could do that in the fourth episode of the podcast today. So uh, it should it should be interesting. Nobody's feelings are going to get hurt and uh, we're going to have some fun doing it. And if you are enjoying this series, do us a favor and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, I said it a lot in the last episode. I'm gonna repeat it here. Once we hit a thousand subscribers, we open up a lot of tools in YouTube that are not available until you get to a thousand. It would be very helpful if we could get there just so that we can continue to grow uh, the show. And if you're watching or if you're just listening, please do us a favor, check it out on YouTube. Uh, you'll be able to see our faces. Um, which, you know, we're, we're all in various stages of looking. Okay, and yeah. be. <laughs> hey, at least the weather's good and we're not all melting anymore. It's true, except for at Mono America last weekend. <laughs> which I we'll was get there into. for 10 minutes. Anyways. And then you wanted to throw yourself off the roof. Oh my God. <laughs> so do us a favor, subscribe on YouTube, throw us a like on whatever platform you're watching or listening on and with that let's dive on into the show and i think i'm going to start just with this moto america experience Please. because it was unbelievable so i got an email from stefano the guy at uh, the ceo of energica us and him and i have been talking on and off for a while he actually came down to austin to show me the Eva Rebella, Rebelle RS, their flagship hyper-naked motorcycle. It's a beast. It's 175 horsepower, and you get like 80-ish miles of range, 72 miles of range, which given the amount of power and how fast that motor can dump its current, um, it's staggering that it gets that much huge battery one of the biggest batteries in the business and they have decided to go racing even i was talking to the cto he was there 
it was against his better judgment that they did it. They were just like, he was like, no, let's not do it. We're not ready for it yet. And I guess Stefano was just like, no, we're going to go racing. That whole class, the Super Hooligan class, is so much fun. And yes. so that is the spirit of Super Hooligan. Be like, no, 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 no. We want to be safe. And then they're like, no, just go. Just screw it and send it. Because yes. there were... There were R9Ts, there were Pan Americas. Dude, the Pan Am was so sick. The Pan Am is unbelievable. And it's just, I could, oh my God, I could talk forever about (laughs) what the Pan Am and Super (laughs) Hoover can represent. So let's let's avoid that whole topic here for a second. Um, But they were in the pits next to all of these other guys with just two Ava Rebelles and Stefano Mesa was racing for him and the week before or a couple weeks before at Laguna Seca he got the whole shot for the first time and he set a new lap record I believe he set a new lap record for electric bikes by like a second um I forget the exact numbers uh but they're basically just making these huge leaps and bound improvements year over year and then they gritted up to race in the heat. They, I was talking to the guys, and they're like, it's so hot here. They clocked 125 on the track. On race day, it was even hotter. It was even hotter on the track at race day. Come on, man. And the battery, oh, God. In, in normal conditions, like if you're just cruising fine. around, you know, it can handle the heat. When they're racing... It's a completely different story. And so they, it was just, they were, they were very nervous. They were trying to set expectations. Uh, They were like, we'll we'll, we'll probably be, you know, top five, top six, something like that. And the race starts, they get a lap in. Yeah. I mean, Stefano Mesa gets a great launch because the coolest thing about electric bikes is you can just go, you just open the throttle straight to full and go. The bike just handles the rest of it. So he launches faster than just about anybody else on the track. So he's right out front doing great work. And he was leading around the first corner, leading through the first sector. And then uh, I believe it was O'Hara caught him on his FTR because, I mean, the FTRs are just dominating super hooligans right now. Because it is a fucking first time I rode it, I was like, this is a hooligan bike. Yeah. And they're they're just Indian is throwing more money than God <laughs> at Super Hooligan right now. Um I like that for some reason. Yeah, go for it, Fuck man. Yeah, go racing. a lot cooler, yeah. And the somebody crashes out. I think it was a Pan America ended up crashing out and they red flagged the race. So they basically had to restart it after a lap. And they had five minutes to get the bike back, get it on the charger, dump as much voltage as they could oh, into the bike to hopefully make the rest of the, the race. Because it's six laps, but they have to do another outlap. So right. the, it's six laps, but they do an outlap, then they do a warm-up lap, then they do the race. So they technically have to do eight. Now suddenly they have to do 10. They were like, I'm not sure. And then Stefano was just racing at the front of the pack the whole time. And he ended up, uh, it was a battle between two FTRs. 
one guy gets bumped out at the last second and low sides or something. It was it was basically that they were they were trading paint through the last sector and one guy crashes out and then Stefano gets second place. It was it was okay. That's badass. I would I wish I would have been there. That he was been he super was cool. right there to get second place, and the feeling in the Energica pit was incredible. Everybody was just they were so excited. I got a big hug from Stefano, uh, the CEO of Energica US, and everybody was just celebrating. It was a huge celebration. I didn't know Mesa was riding. For them. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. awesome. So he he actually runs two events. He runs in that's what I thought one thousands in the superbike, the, and then he also does super hooligan. There's stock one thousands though, and then there's superbike. Super bike. I'm yeah. pretty sure he's superbike, not stock one thousand. Okay. Um, he changes. He rides a lot of seats. Yeah, and so he was he you know it, it was just this electric experience, and the coolest thing about it, not just that he won. But the footprint of the electric teams is, or team, is tiny. It's two motorcycles, one chest, and they don't have to tear the whole motorcycle apart and put it back together. It's so cheap for them to go racing. So what happens if they crash? They have a B bike, but they, you know, they're, they'll, they, they don't have to tear the whole motorcycle right. apart to like. Make sure the whole inside is fine. Right. You so know, it can take a beating. It can take a beating, yeah. And they're they don't have to they don't have to do field a team of mechanics. Right. They just they set the suspension, they set the settings, they make sure everything's good, and then it's like, okay, go. Have fun. It's so easy for them to do it. And I think what they're trying to prove right now is how simple it is for somebody to get on an electric bike and go race these sprints and be at the front of the pack. You know, you can just do it. I like that they're blending. I thought they had their own racing category, but I nope. like that they're, they're just they're like, in oh, Super right, Hooligan. Go, go have fun. I think there's two electric bikes in Super Hooligan. There's the Energica factory bike, factory, and then there's somebody else in the kind of mid to backpack that's on an electric bike as well, because I heard it going down the track. No idea who they are. But uh, they were also running on an electric bike, which was cool. So with that being said, this is the only bike that's racing in America right now that's running at the front of the pack and electric. We do have Moto E that Ducati owns after saying they'll never build an electric motorcycle ever. Right. But that's pretty significant in its own right. Ducati... We're going to embrace biofuel, hydrogen before we get rid of a gas bike. And I now suddenly. I wonder what happened. I wonder, they, there must have been some talk or somebody witnessed something. It was like, oh, you know what? Fuck. Never mind. Yep. It's time for us to get into electrics. So, with all that being said, what do you guys see as the, the main thing stopping people from getting either into electric bikes or even just allowing the idea of electric bikes to exist because some people see it as an affront to their mortal soul. I just filled out a, an AMA survey about this. Really? Yeah, they were wondering why well, why don't you own one? And to me, it was just like price and infrastructure. Right. 
It's like it's super expensive and I've had poor, like I, we discussed, I think it was in the first episode, I've had poor experiences just trying to charge mm-hmm. a bike. And then if you charge at home, that's a whole fiasco in itself. So it's still like there's this really big hurdle um, as things are right now without the battery hot swapping, mm-hmm. those things that are kind of on the horizon. Then I'm like, I'm, not, I'm so far from that. Like, that's not going to happen for me for a long time. Right. So that's my personal. If they were cheap, you know, think about when Japanese came into the market. They undercut everybody. everybody. They were like, here's a million. Which one do you want? They all, they all look different. They, they're super reliable. So it's like, not only do you have a brand new thing coming to the market, but it's expensive. And the reliability for charging it is like, you know, free form. Mm-hmm. So that's hard to. That, that's why you get so many angry YouTubers commenting yeah. on your stuff. They're, they, they. I think price is the biggest thing that people bitch about after range. Range. But Josh, what about you? What do you see as like the main problem with electrification? I suppose, or not? Not electrification, because that implies that we're going to go a hundred percent electric. Right, but. Just a, adoption of electric bikes into the community. I think it's just humans. It's just humans. Like people complain at any juncture like this when they're made to change away from anything. You know, if you took ICE motorcycles out of the equation and only ever offered people electric motorcycles, it wouldn't be a discussion. But I think people just. Um, they know they like something and then they don't know if they'll like something new. So they just assume that like, oh, I don't like it because I like what I have. People are just so kind of opposed to change. And then they get propagandized and they believe that like this is some assault on their liberty or some shit. And it's just ignorance. <laughs> I mean, yes, there are there are technical challenges that we have not overcome. It's not there yet. I'm not riding an electric motorcycle, but like it's probably inevitable that, you know, half the market, a lot of the market, a big part of the market in the future is going to be on electric. And it's this period where everyone's all mad about it. It's going to be a thing of the past. Like if you can't see past that, then that's you've got blinders on. There is an inappropriate attachment to their belief system. Mm -hmm. It's very strange. It's, you know, it's an inappropriate attachment when you get so full of rage. You're like, okay, that doesn't bother me (laughs) the same way it bothers you. We could have such a, we could start a whole other political podcast (laughs) on the nature of how people have ascribed their gas bike to their political ideology to their worldview and their bumper sticker and their patches and their but we i don't want to get into all okay, of that sorry. because we we're, we're gonna we're gonna make so many people mad but <laughs> i think that a lot of it is overblown i think people are like they're like oh the especially here in the united states people are going to saying that the government is going to force everybody into electric motorcycles how in what possible world do you think that the government are they going to send the cops to come collect hold on your gas bike i'm 
peeling a layer of skin back and I don't need to see the flesh. Is that really what they're saying? People think that they are going to, that, that the government is going to force them into getting an electric vehicle. That, the, that it's going to be Big Daddy Biden, Grandpa Biden coming in and being like, this, this is how it's going to be. I, that will never, Those voices ever are happen. too loud because I don't know anybody like that. It, just, what, go, just no, I don't roll through to. my comment section, Whitney. I don't Scared. But it's, they're, taught to, they're taught to think that. That's like, it's propaganda again. It's literally what it is. There's someone with an interest in making a giant popu part of the population afraid of electrification. Like there are specific interests that very wealthy people have that if there's a bunch of um, very nice, lovely people who are out there thinking that that's going to be the case, then they're, the, it's in their interest. And it's, right. you're being fooled. <laughs> Yeah, they, they don't ever want to think that the fossil fuel oligarchs are brainwashing anybody. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically them, because nobody, nobody, so, <laughs> they know the best for yeah. themselves. So we, the next episode is called How to Know You're Being Brainwashed and Lied to Through Propaganda. And we could point out and tell people <laughs> this is kind of how it is and this is how you think for yourself and... But there is there is some validity to the fact that a lot of people ascribe the experience of motorcycling with the sound, with the vibration. Yes. Like at at time of filming on Tuesday of last week, I bought a Moto Guzzi Grizzo, and the, it's not electric. It's very much <laughs> not electric. It stinks like rich gas every time I turn it on. It rumbles like a sportster it the whole head shakes when you're sitting in neutral at a stoplight and the whole bike twists when you rev it but i love it because of the feeling of that motor i mean i have a bone to pick with dct bikes what does that say about me yeah because you, know? you, you like the experience <laughs> like the you like the sh experience of shifting so even us we have our predilections i would prefer to ride the grizzo that I have in the garage versus the live wire that I have in the garage. Just because the Grizo has this whole experience of riding, but I would argue that the live wire is not devoid of that experience either. No, it's just different. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of people, if they took the time to ride one of these bikes, just, just not even, I'm not saying that it's going to completely alter the way you think about motorcycling, but I do think it's going to allow you to, if you don't like it, you'll understand why you don't like it. It's instead the same of having reason the, we wanted everybody to ride a Z900 RS. We're like, yes. you don't get it. You just need to ride one. Mm -hmm. Ride the <laughs> Z900 RS versus a 919 and see what we're talking about. We need to have a tour bus and we have demo rides mm -hmm. and they're existential, like life-changing moments. You're like, stop. We're going to change your mind for one second. Yeah, it's... It's really interesting with electric bikes how there's a bunch of folks out there who just knee-jerk, no. So what, having all of us have ridden electric bikes, 
What would you recommend as, what would you just say to somebody out there who's, you're, you're, you show up at a group ride or whatever and you're like, hey, you've never ridden this electric bike? You should check it out. Well, why? I don't want that. What, what's your response to that? Come on, pussy. <laughs> Okay, well, if you don't want to ride a new motorcycle, yeah, then... I just want to make them mad uh, and tell them to quit being a little baby about it. Um, I don't know what my response would be. Yeah, you want to unearth cur- curiosity out of people, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, come on, have fun, just try it. You know, it's different. Right. I would hope that they would want to. I would, I would hope so, too, but I think that some people just... Because it's the it's the boogeyman right now, um, you know. What would uh, you say, Josh? If you don't believe that, like, we actually need to stop burning so many fossil fuels, and you think you know you believe that this is a completely unnecessary um, liberal woke agenda forcing you onto ele- electric motorcycles, then like, yeah, you would think that it's kind of dumb that we're making electric motorcycles that you have to make all these concessions for, and they're completely unnecessary in your view of everything. But I mean, I think they're awesome. Like, I think they're a lot of fun. Even the Zero, when I rode it around, like, that's a, it's a blast. They're quick, they're fun, they're, it's so different. Um, that, I mean, if you're just closed off to it because of what it is, then, then I don't know. I'm I'm probably not gonna change your mind. There's a whole lot more going on there. Than yeah, you gotta just... tell them to quit being a snowflake. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're gonna be a snowflake, great. really. It's, it's, it's got two wheels a and a motor, and it's fun to ride. ride. Get over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I think the best thing I can say about an electric bike, especially all the ones that I've ridden, is it's like riding an MT-09 that's always in the right spot in the power band to just accelerate. Obviously, the you substitute MT-09 for MT-10 when you get to the Ever Rubella because it's so goddamn fast. But because you don't have to shift in the way that the power comes out, it's just like that. And you just, no matter where you are, you accelerate. You've removed the lag time. Yeah, it's just go. And it's that's the coolest thing for me is just how easy they are to ride really, really fast. And I think that's part of the thing that made Stefano Mesa so dangerous is he doesn't have to worry about his braking, or all he has to worry about is braking zones. He doesn't have to figure out, is this a third gear corner? Is this a second gear corner? Do I need to be at the top of first here? He just go. And he can focus more on the line. And this is something that I notice when I'm riding him. I feel like I'm trail braking like Valentino goddamn Rossi when I'm riding it. It feels so good with the um, with the regen braking that it's just it, like I'm going around a corner. As soon as I roll off, I'm just I'm trail braking perfectly. It feels so cool. And it's it makes riding twisty roads easy. Mm. I think that's the coolest thing. And that's what I would say It's just be like, it's, it's like an MT-09, it's in the perfect year every time, and it's going to make riding this twisty road a dream. I like how all of our answers are very, very us. I'm mm-hmm. like, stop being a pussy. Josh is like, look, 
if you think the world isn't ending, I can't change your mind. But then, but then Jay comes in and says, look, look, it's like an M209SP. You know, it's yeah. like, okay, yeah. You're the one that's going to convince anybody to get on it. And Josh and I are just going to throw our hands up and be like, fuck this guy. I don't know, whatever. I feel like you would get a lot of people just be like, quit, be, quit being a baby and ride it. Yeah, I, I guess. Maybe. It depends on the day and who I'm talking to. But that's what I would. That's me. It's your right to ride whatever you want. It's your right to like whatever you want. Our individual actions are not going to sol solve the climate crisis. Like that's that's not the solution. We could all ride around on like my GS from 1983 that is just spewing out gases when I ride is the stinkiest motorcycle ever. And it wouldn't move the needle. Um, but yeah, that's, it's a different conversation. Yeah, you know, corporations thinking it's the consumer's burden is always kind of at the beginning of that ar argument. I mean, you could argue that that's been a problem ever since been corporations have been people. Since but. recycling. Yeah. They're like, this is a you problem. You guys figure it out. You're like, oh, I see what's happening. So one thing I want to talk about is price. Because I just recently rode the S2 Del Mar, mm -hmm. which is Livewire's first motorcycle that they built. And it's six figures. Uh, thankfully, no. Oh. It's actually the cheapest one. Uh, well, I mean, they only have two offerings. One is the one at 23.5. This is 15.5. Okay. So we've got an electric bike now that's 15.5. They had to make a lot of sacrifices to get it to be 15.5 very very low range and it doesn't have dc fast charge and i'm i'm releasing a video at time of filming tomorrow excuse me talking about the s2 del mar because i got to ride it i got to do a big thing and i was like this range it ain't good but 15.5 you know i know but that's the, i don't want it the range sucks and it doesn't have the fast charging but it's cheaper it's like Oh, <laughs> so my my question then becomes, what price are you willing to accept? Five grand. You want a five grand? I electric want a five thousand dollar electric bike that looks cool, that sounds cool. It's cheap and it's fun to commute on. How about you, Josh? Well, I think there's other issues to solve is like, like when you'll buy a ten thousand dollar motorcycle because it doesn't have all the issues that an electric bike would have. Same with my bike. Like, like I only have 130, 140-ish miles of range on my gas tank, and I'm stopping mid-rides all the time to fill up. It would not work for me if I had to charge that thing back yeah. up. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I, I want the infrastructure for it. Yeah. I, I don't know enough about batteries or enough about electric motors to know, like, if we're at any type of horizon for seeing a much more reasonable range that you can actually live with. Um, I mean, I'd pay full price for a motorcycle event. I'd pay for a gas motorcycle for an electric one, just as long as I didn't have to overcome all of those new challenges that they present. They have got to get over that hump. 500 mile range, Sick. give me more range than a tank of gas. Give me beyond that. But even then I'm like, okay, well, if I go 600 miles or I'm in Colorado riding long distance, mm -hmm. You and I have been trapped in the desert. There's fucking yeah. nowhere to even get gas. So yep. like you have you have to solve that problem before you can really puncture the membrane of 
most consumers. So for you guys, it's the chicken being the infrastructure before the egg that is the electric bike. And it kind of, I do kind of feel like right now we're definitely egg before chicken. Yeah. So they're working on price. And then I'm thinking about the cobalt mines or the right. lithium fields or whatever. But, and then coupled with the infrastructure and the range. So it's like, don't focus on price, but that's all that a manufacturer is going to be able to do right now. They're not going to be able to go out and put solar charged, um, solar and wind power stations throughout mm -hmm. all of California. They can't do that right now. It, I think one of the biggest steps is going to be allowing all of these electric manufacturers to piggyback on Tesla's infrastructure. Yeah. Because once Tesla opened, because Tesla's like, no, we're, our infrastructure is ours and fuck you, you can't use it. So it, it'll be really nice when they do allow other companies to piggyback on that infrastructure, pay whatever licensing fee they need. Um, because it's going to it's going to just instantly open up a lot of access, especially in places here in Austin and around Austin where there's just Teslas everywhere. You know that that'll really help. But I also think it's interesting. The biggest lithium deposit in the world that we know of was just found here in the United States. Where? Uh, I don't remember the details of the story. I'll put I'll post a link to it down below, but the, the biggest lithium deposit on the planet is here in the United States. And they just found it. Oh, interesting. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to completely change A, foreign policy, but B, the face of battery technology, because we just have access to the raw materials now. It's here. So pe people, you know, see the giant Samsung plant in Hutto here or the Gigafactory by the airport. Yeah. They're not going to have to import the battery materials, they can just build them here. So I think that's going to really change a the what it looks like when when it comes to mining this material, because we have ostensibly better conditions for these folks. Mm -hmm. And B, being here in the States means that we can reshore a lot of these battery tech jobs. And people, I think people will have a little bit more pride in a battery bike or a battery car that's built here in the States. Like if it's a Ford Lightning where everything is built here in, in America, people will get on board more. Or if it's a Harley E-Glide where everything's built here in the States, people will get on board more. Yeah. Because right now a lot of people are like, oh, they're all going to be made in China. Well... If we don't want to build them here, then yeah, they're going to be built in China, but we want to build them here. So we got to, we just got to build the infrastructure to do it. Mm -hmm. And I think people are just unwilling to do it. And that's seeding this entire market to the rest of the world. I, that's my whole diatribe on the, the, the state of global economies and so forth. Oh, yeah. The whole yeah. mess. So sign, so your, sign your kids up to work for $2, $2 a day to mine that, that shit out of the ground. Out of the ground. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to happen here, but we do have, we do we have do like have really good really mining infrastructure, infrastructure, stuff like that. Yeah. It'll, it'll certainly, I think, help, but it's going to take years to get that operational, you know? Yeah. Especially well, it depends on how desperate we are. Does depend on how desperate we are. Because they can do a lot when they're desperate and mm -hmm. they can do it fast.
So. What what would solve? World hunger. Well, yeah. I mean, it would be really nice to solve that problem. But beyond just the the range and usability, are there any other issues that you guys have with electric bikes? Because honestly, the biggest thing I don't like is how a lot of these bikes look like they came straight out of Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, none of them look cool and none of them sound that cool. Right. So make it sound cooler. I don't know how to... I. There's so many different ways you could go with that, but um, make it sound cooler, make it look better. There is a project out there. I forget, I forget what it's called, but it's meant to fit a, uh, essentially a controller to an electric bike. It's supposed to be a universal part that has gears, like it's got a transmission and a foot shifter, and it basically looks at dyno charts for all these bikes. They spin one on a dyno and they see what the power curve for each gear looks like. And they set up like gear reductions in the computer to artificially make it feel like you're riding an R6 or an FZ07 or whatever, because the battery bike could theoretically behave like all these other motorcycles. Oh God, that would be so sick if you could purchase a pack Right, where you're like, I want a 2017, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then in some sort of futuristic realm that doesn't exist yet, have it kind of look like one. Like, right. Like having a, a base bike that you could just... Then everybody would fucking have one. Mm -hmm. if, if your electric bike could play pretend as an R6 one day or be a Grizo the next, you know. The weirdest thing about it, though was it did play sounds. It tried to sound. Don't do that. Like Don't do that. Yeah. No, 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 no. I don't want it to fake sound like anything. I want it to have its a new specific cool sound. We'll put like, put, put a baseball card in the spoke or something, you know, it'll, it'll be fine. <laughs> the sound doesn't bother me all that much, but there's like a Damon motorcycles, I think is how you say their name. They make those yellow electric ones and their ergonomics adjust between two settings. So the handlebars will come up and the foot pegs will go down for a more naked bike relaxed setting, or they'll come up and the handlebars will go down. Just like if you wanted to ride a super sport and like, that's pretty cool. But the thing probably 600 pounds yeah if you add some like really awesome easy custom features i think that would might be a fun way to kind of mm -hmm. well what time are we at <laughs> we're at 35 minutes now so i think the biggest thing for me too is there isn't a lot of tweaking that we've seen that are that's easy for somebody without a computer science degree to do mm. you know i think that if you know, anybody can bolt a slip-on exhaust to their motorcycle. It's two bolts on most bikes, and anybody with even 10 thumbs can get it done. But you can't break into the software on an electric motorcycle and make it be different than any other Livewire or Energica or whatever. You can't go in and program it not yet. to feel different easily. Yeah, not yet. There are, there are little bikes like the Solar Eclipse. You can actually go in and tweak the software and be like, all right, I want full power all the time. And it's basically just sliders. 
But I think if we got there with a lot of these bigger bikes, where you could theoretically essentially overclock a motorcycle like you can a CPU or whatever, maybe then we're talking about something where this bike feels a little bit different from that bike, you know? I think that would help a lot of people get more into it because they can tweak and they can change things about their bike. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll become like uh, like like running a mod for a video game, you know, or um, or running cheats on a video game, which is pretty similar. Um, you know, where it is like there is infrastructure where if you want to, you can go to a website and you can download it and you can see the install instructions and you don't even have to be like that techie to be able to do it. Now, I don't cheat in video games. I don't want anybody thinking that like I've installed cheats or anything, but Josh, um, Josh is over here. Nope. Yeah, he's no, big, no, big no, no, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've been killed by a lot of people that do. That's for sure. <laughs> like a real cheater. <laughs> He's like, no, I'm not cheating. I'm evening the playing field. I also, I, I, I feel like when we get there, it's, it's going to help people get more excited too. Cause they can, they can just get in and then play with it. Like I keep thinking about vape pens, like how that blew up. <laughs> you know, you, you thought nicotine was addictive. Well, here's a, a cotton candy flavored USB drive. I feel like I feel like the same thing is gonna happen with fucking electric bikes. Like if you give it that twinge, mm-hmm. oh, I can get skins for my fucking vape pen, and it comes in a billion flavors. Oh, everybody would ride. Yeah, I keep thinking about that. And instead of smoke shops peppering every fucking vacant strip mall storefront, you would see like motorcycle customization places. I've been looking really hard at um, electric cycle vape. <laughs> yeah, just a big, big ass vape pen. I believe they call those bongs. Yeah, but... just ripping electric wizard uh, clouds. All right. <laughs> but yeah, so I've been looking at electric cycle rider. They have the uh, they have the Suron Ultra B. So this Ultra B is a sort of nine tenths the size of a full-size dirt bike electric bike and they have they've just recently put out their stage three kit for it bigger battery bigger controllers bigger motor all the shit that just makes the bike be uh, you know off-road beast i think that is so the the amount of tweaking that people are starting to do with stuff like Surons and Talaria and all that is really cool and I'm dying if if Lewis from Solar is watching this dude I'm dying to get my hands on the Eclipse because I want to start playing with it but um I think that they're we're getting there with these smaller more attainable electric bikes and the coolest part about those is you can hot swap the batteries that and you're you're tapping into a lot of like single young guys who've got money and time to do that stuff Mm -hmm. for it to proliferate so and i mean you could just park one in your apartment in your apartment yeah which that's that's really the cool thing is you can just park it in your apartment i think the We're getting kind of close to the end of this one. One thing I want to dispel here is the recharge issue people have. So how many times have you seen, well, maybe 
y'all may not have seen it, but I see it all the time is, okay, it's fun now, but what's the cost of replacing the battery on these bikes? Oof. Because How much it, is it? Do you know? It's expensive. It's like three grand or something like that. Three or four grand. What? What's For, the life of one? That's the thing. People look and they see years. it's a thousand cycles for the life of the battery. Okay. Yeah, sure. Maybe it's a thousand cycles What's for the life. a thousand cycles? Uh, full Dead. charge. It's uh, full charge to like 20%, 20 to 15%. So thousand doesn't seem like a lot. It really is because it's a thousand DC fast charge cycles. Because the difference between DC fast charge and AC, it's a whole other world. DC fast charge is an incredible strain on these batteries because you're dumping, you know, 15, 20 kilowatts into this battery like that. That's how it charges them so fast. That puts an incredible strain on the cells. If you're just doing it at your home in AC, your battery will never, ever die. Your, ba your battery will last forever. But a, a thousand cycles... If you've got roughly a hundred mile range, that's a hundred thousand miles. That's the other thing. How many like, people have a hundred thousand miles on their motorcycle? That's crazy. Even cars, you're, you're likely to need a new drivetrain if you buy Don't the wrong car at hundred thousand miles. On that. Why do people think twenty-seven thousand miles is a lot on a boxer engine, like on a five-year-old bike? I don't fucking get that. Like, but yeah, no, nobody's. What is the average mileage that people are clocking? I mean, it, even it, even if you're doing a, like you ride both bikes to the point that they die, you're going to encounter more maintenance cost over the life of a gas bike than the one time you have to replace your battery on a. That's true. On an electric That's bike. That's true. The the reality three is three grand to do that. It's significantly cheaper. I mean, that's two Desmo services on a Ducati. <laughs> Ducatistas yeah. out there who are like, why is Ducati sponsoring Moto E? Maybe that's why. Because they are just cheaper. They cost more upfront, but they are cheaper vehicles. Yeah, they don't ride for super duper long. Totally get that. But they do end up being cheaper. I mean, it's it, 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 I, when Stefano broke, broke those numbers down to me, and like Josh just did, where he stumbled through the plate glass of truth that it's 100,000 miles at 1,000 charges. I was like, oh, now I fucking get it. I, I wish we could just make people do that mental math all the time. And then, then so many people would just shut the fuck up. <laughs> and that's what we want, ladies and gentlemen. To wrap it up. We want you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, that that's a that's a little bit aggressive. But no, we don't want them to because if they're angry about something, they get us something to talk about. Exactly. So let us know your rage down below. What what do you think, Josh? Yeah. No. I don't think, don't be so, don't be afraid to tell people to shut the fuck up either. It's, it's some people just, they're not thinking about these things and, and I get it. Like it's, I love motorcycles. I love ICE motorcycles. 
absolutely love them, but I'm not worried about electric motorcycles. <laughs> um, it doesn't enrage me, and I don't. I, I think it's unrealistic if you're gonna if you're gonna have a temper tantrum because your favorite YouTuber rides an electric motorcycle. That's that's absurd. That's that's your problem. That's your problem. The electric boogeyman is not coming to steal your gas bikes in the in the dead of night, and neither neither is that's the government. A, that's a paranoia problem. <laughs> Go go study go study the transition from horse and, and buggy to automobiles. Like really go study it. <laughs> People wanted faster horses. They didn't. They did nobody not wanted want a, a gas car. Nobody wanted a car. <laughs> they were not interested in it. It took the government coming in and building roads all around the country for people to actually adopt it. And we're not going to see anything like that happen nowadays. Well, guys, on that note, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Let us know your thoughts. If there's a comment section on whatever uh, audio stream you're your watching mind. this on <laughs> or in your mind, or you can send us an email to bottomsprocketpod at gmail.com. I'll have the, we'll have the thing on screen so you can actually send us your hate mail and we'll, maybe we'll respond to it in a future episode. But while you're letting us know your thoughts, if you enjoyed this, please, please do subscribe to the Bottom Sprocket channel on YouTube. That will unlock a lot of tools for us to continue to grow the channel and the podcast as my voice cracks and I go through puberty for the second time. Uh, very, very important tools that YouTube buries until you hit a thousand subscribers. So please do help us get to a thousand and then 100,000, and then we'll be a million, and then suddenly we'll be the Joe Rogan experience on two wheels. Look, if we get to 1,000, uh, we'll all dress up like uh, popes, nuns, and monks. I have I have my dog collar shirt sitting in I've the... I've got my pope costume. Let's, you guys want to see it? Then come on, let's go. Come on. <laughs> I'll dress up. Yeah, that's fine. Sweet. <laughs> and on that note, guys, we will call it a episode. We'll catch you guys in the next one. We'll see you later.